Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Kathy. Tobin. First question, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't feel great. Um, mainly because um, my girlfriend and I both have some symptoms of the coronavirus. So, yeah, not a be- not a great time right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to assure everyone that we are monitoring it. And by we, I mean I am texting Kathy on the hour every <laughs> hour to make sure she's okay. It's very much appreciated. And uh, you've been very helpful, Tobin. You've been a really great friend and coworker. Um, <laughs> Are these the things that you wanted to hear? I think they they were right. Am I missing something? <laughs> anyway. 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 <laughs> Nancy listeners, uh, we just wanted to jump back into your feed with an extra little something because, my God, it has been a time. Truly has been a time. And it's so rapidly changing that it's kind of hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, and we've heard from so many of you that this pandemic, having to self-isolate, and all the effects of that have changed your lives in a big way. My boyfriend and I, we don't live together. So if suddenly things go sideways when we aren't together, I'm so scared I won't see him again. I'm a personal trainer, so I can't work from home. And while I'm not a high-risk person, if I get it, I know a lot of people who are. And if work closes due to panic or mandated quarantine, which actually it has already... I have zero other ways to make money. And then you add that anxiety to my everyday anxiety of being transgender woman in a country where you're not always appreciated or thought of as a woman. It's a really scary and difficult time right now. And I think something that's helping me feel even just like the tiniest bit of optimism is seeing how queer people are still finding ways to connect with each other. Absolutely. And that's something we think a lot about here at Nancy is, you know, finding your people, your gaggle. Mm -hmm. And we've heard from so many of you that even though you can't meet up in person, you're finding creative ways to stay connected. Last week, my senior class organized an impromptu graduation. It was really sad, but it was really perfect for us because people got to use their chosen names without worrying about family and people got to dress in ways that felt comfortable to them. My friends and I are playing video games and watching movies over Google Hangouts. My local queer community center is closed for the time being, but our program manager decided to stream the weekly activities. We've planned a Google Hangout dance party next Friday, and we'll take turns DJing. So, in the spirit of reaching out, we're going to connect with a couple of our people and find out how they're thinking about keeping up a sense of community. Uh, So, Kathy, what's been helping you feel like you're in touch with other queer people? Um, What's helping me out during this time is hearing what other people are doing to take care of themselves. So I asked some friends of Nancy to tell us about what's bringing them comfort right now. First up, a little message from friend of the show, SNL cast member, and general hilarious person, Bowen Yang. Hi, Nancy. This is Bowen. I'm absolutely playing several MMORPGs, and that stands for Massively Multiplayer Online. Really pretty gay, I think. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm playing Guild Wars 2, which is free to play. 
and runs on most computers now and I'm playing with some friends and it kind of does feel like you're going outside with them and you're just sort of going on adventures and seeing a bunch of strangers outside too. So it sort of simulates what the world used to be like a couple of weeks ago, but um, it does feel kind of nice. Uh, I love you very much. Everyone listen to what Tobin and Kathy say and um, follow everything they tell you to do. Okay. Love you. Bye. We love you too, Bowen. And as he said, listen to everything we say, people. Do what we say. Do what we say. Wash those hands all the time. Stay home. <laughs> um, you'll hear from a few other folks sprinkled throughout the episode. Um, Tobin, what have you been thinking about recently? I've been thinking a lot about what I can do to be there for other queers uh, mm-hmm. who might be deeply affected by what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the groups most at risk is LGBTQ elders. Right. Uh, I talked to somebody at SAGE. Um, they're the national organization that offers services to LGBTQ elders like meal delivery and they have meetups at their senior centers. And they said that queer elders are more likely to have been smokers And they may have additional health factors like HIV, AIDS. Uh, Many are also hesitant to seek out medical care because of discrimination they faced in the past. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So all of these things make queer elders more high risk. And it means that a lot of them have to really like self-isolate right now. Um, And that can be really scary. Mm. So I decided to call up one of the seniors that Sage works with to see how she's doing. Uh, Her name is Deidre Nottingham. And I'm 69 years young. Where am I reaching you at right now, Deidre? Where are you? Right now I'm in Brooklyn and Fort Green. I'm in my apartment, um, the Sage Stonewall House. I recently moved here at the end of January. So I've been here for a little over a month. I'm so happy because I raised my daughter right down the block from oh, wow. where I'm living at now. So it's a blessing that I'm right back where I started from. How are you doing with having to sort of self-isolate right now? Well, I'm an early bird also, so I'll get up at 6 o'clock and I go outside for my morning walk. Oh, gotcha. Because I have to go out every day and just breathe to see the air. I, I love the outdoors. Is there anything that you're sort of most worried about with with the pandemic and COVID-19? Yes, I'm afraid that if I go out, that I might catch it or something. It made me a little bit afraid to, to go out now. One lady, I was in another store. She took all the toilet paper and I asked her, Miss, can I just have one? There's no way impossible you could use all of that toilet paper tonight. Mm-hmm. And she just said, no. Oh, my God. What do you do every day? You you mentioned you do your morning walk and you talk to your daughter. Is there, are there other things you're doing to pass the time? I have a guitar. Yeah? So I had taught myself how to play 10 years ago, but I, I broke my finger. But I love country music, yes. I love Willie Nelson, Reed, but I, I, I'm a country girl by heart. My friends think I'm crazy because they don't like that music, but... They love me, so they have to love my music. <laughs> Do you have a particular song you're you're attempting to learn? The one by um, Willie Nelson, Mendocino County Line. Counted stars on the 4th of July Wishing we were rockets bursting into the sky 
But I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me. Thank you, Tobin, and good luck to you, and I hope this stuff never reaches you. I mean, same to you. Same as well. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, it was nice to talk to you, too. And I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, same. I would like that. Okay? All right. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. If you're interested in learning more about SAGE and how you can get involved, we're going to throw some links on our website. Hi, Nancy listeners. It's Tegan from Tegan and Sarah. Up in Vancouver, Sarah and I and our family are doing well. Uh, We've been social distancing for a couple weeks now because we went to Los Angeles and all came home feeling kind of sick. But we're healthy now. My mom dropped off puzzles a couple weeks ago, so I've been allowing myself 15 minutes of puzzle time every day. My big tip is that I feel a lot better since I created a schedule. I know for some of us, it will be hard to find the energy to create a schedule or to find enough activities to make one, but it really did help to sort of set a wake-up time and a bedtime and to try to continue to work from home. So I hope no matter what all of you are doing at home that you're remembering that, that we will get through this. There will eventually be a vaccine and we'll get to leave our houses again. If anyone wants my puzzle when I'm done, I will wipe down each piece with a bleach wipe and I'm happy to send it. Maybe that's like a fun game we could play. I could just send one piece. It's a thousand piece puzzle to 999 people and we could put it together virtually. That sounds hard, right? So, Kathy, something Nancy listeners may or may not be aware of is that we do not make this show alone. God, no. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it would be real tough if it was just the two of us. (laughs) Anyway, because Nancy is a team effort, we wanted to hear from our team about what's bringing them comfort during this time. Right. So let us call them up first. Our producer, B.A. Parker. Hey, Parker, it's your supervisor bosses calling. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Yeah, Parker, as your bosses, please tell us what you're doing. How are you doing? Um, I miss hugs, you guys. Yeah. Like, social distancing is important, but also hugs were nice. Remember when hugs were a thing? (laughs) Well, as your bosses, we can't really do that. So, um... We're like a week away from BuzzFeed putting out a nostalgia list that's like 10 hugs you remember from a week ago. Just gifts. (laughs) So, in place of hugs, uh, what are you doing right now to stay connected? I've been, like, talking to all of my friends and, like, feverishly texting them, and um, immediately, when all of this stuff was happening, I... Wanted to talk to my friend Ariana. And who who is Ariana? Well, Ariana is an audio producer like myself, but they are just this great jolt of sunshine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just wanted to see how they were doing, and I ended up realizing, you know, in this current moment, even you know the sunniest of people are unsure in this time. Mm. And it's okay to give even the cheerleaders in our lives the space to be unsure. I I think I had my major panic spiral, you know, recently. So I feel like I'm kind of coming out of that and mostly just taking things like minute by minute. I feel like if I look too far ahead in terms of like what is happening, I feel panicky. So I'm trying to just slowly adjust my 
expectations of myself. Like maybe like today you can only just think a few minutes or a day at a time. Maybe tomorrow you can think a week ahead. Maybe after that you can think two weeks, a month ahead. I was trying to think of like the most positive thinking unjaded person I could think of to like talk about this situation with. And I immediately was like, oh, Ariana, they, they're just the light. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I really appreciate you thinking that about me. And for the most part, it's true. It's just this happens to be my actual like deepest like pathological phobia. Yeah. Right now, I'm super not scared. I know that I have to go to the market soon, like on like maybe mm. Thursday. Yeah. And now I feel like I have to psychologically prepare myself for it. Oh, I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so like so that's where my head's at right now, but what what do you need right now? I miss the kind of like ambient socializing of like being in a city where you just have people around you. So I'm trying to figure out, like, how can I create that in my life? Like, what if I, like, would people, like, parallel play with me on Skype? Like, would, like, if I just was like, hey, I just want to, like, call you and be with you. You know, like, I don't, we don't need to, like, talk about anything. We can just, like, do our stuff and, like, be next to each other. Dude, I'll like, do that with you. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that's unknown right now. And that can be overwhelming. We're all going to learn so much about ourselves during this time. And I think that can go both ways. I think for better or for worse, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. Like we're going to learn the things that we haven't been paying attention to or focusing on or working on in ourselves. And that's going to be hard. And it's going to feel like maybe we don't have the support or whatever we need to get through those things. And so Mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge that. But I also think we're going to learn the ways in which we're more resilient than we thought or more creative than we thought, or more resourceful than we thought, you know, more compassionate. I don't know. It, it feels a little bit naive to be like, what is the silver lining of the coronavirus? You know, it's, it's not a trade-off. Like growth and suffering happen simultaneously in all things in the times when we are forced to reckon with really difficult things. We draw upon, hopefully, like the best parts of ourselves as much as we can. Uh, Ariana sounds so lovely. I want to check in with them on the regular now. Right? Agreed. So good. Thank you for sharing with us, Parker. No problem, you guys. I'm giving you a virtual hug. I am not. Oh my God, (laughs) Kathy, just hug me. Fine, (laughs) fine. Virtual hug it is. Fine. There you go. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take the begrudging hug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you soon, Parker. Later, nerds. Bye. Bye, Parker. Hey, y'all. It's Tani Nicholas. What's bringing me comfort and joy is rituals. So I've gotten actually much better at getting up in the morning and doing yoga and being in my body a little bit more. That really helps me. It helps to bring the anxiety down and then I always do a little prayer and meditation ritual I pull some tarot cards light some candles at my altar and spend some time with it and that helps me to feel more connected to gratitude and also gives me a moment to reflect 
and walks around the neighborhood being in the sunshine and listening to the birds in springtime. Like they do not care about a pandemic. They are doing their thing, which I am loving. Okay, so who's next? Who are we calling next? I think we should call sound designer extraordinaire Jeremy. Jeremy Bloom, how are you doing? Hello! <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> Trying to stay sane, uh, which is hard because I'm mm-hmm. not sane in normal circumstances. That's very true. Mm. But today I sent 20 hand-painted postcards to all my nearest and dearest friends, including one of you. Wow. 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 I know it's going to be me. I know it. I ran out of postage stamps. I ran out of stamps. I I ran out of stamps. There are more coming. (laughs) I don't know. I've just been thinking about how queer people are connecting to each other. You know, we're all stuck at home. We're all lonely. And I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Where's it going? Horny. Everyone's horny. Yeah. Yeah. We're human. You know, let's admit it, for a lot of us in this day and age when we're home and we're lonely, we might turn to certain phone apps to find relief. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious how the makers of some of the biggest gay dating apps are responding to the unprecedented situation that we're in. I'm Eric Silverberg. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Perry Street Software. And I'm Todd Sowers. I work with Eric Silverberg as uh, Perry Street Software's chief operating officer. Perry Street Software makes two of the most popular gay dating apps on the market, Scruff and Jacked. And so I asked them if they've noticed any changes in the past weeks as the world has rapidly shifted and everybody is stuck inside. We have noticed record traffic on a weekly basis. But what we have noticed is that the amount of times per day they open it is down a little bit. And we think that that is probably because people are figuring other things out right now. Yeah, I would imagine that the app makers have a lot to figure out right now, too. Yeah, like, if you're the place that so many people turn to when they're lonely and looking for company, like, as a digital space, do you have the same responsibilities of physical spaces to, you know, promote social distancing and fight the spread of the virus? Well, I think they do, and app makers like Todd and Eric are thinking about what steps they need to take. They've removed all their event listings. They've replaced them with links to local public health resources. They're commissioning a comic book artist to make a really fun queer guide to the importance of social distancing. That's cool. Uh, I am sort of wondering, is that really enough, though? Yeah, that that was kind of my question, too. Um, both Perry Street Software and their competitor, Grindr, are encouraging users to follow guidelines by the World Health Organization and the CDC, But those guidelines specifically recommend that you put distance between yourself and other people. The very thing that is not conducive to dating or hooking up. Yeah. So I asked the apps if they have plans to directly tell their users not to meet up. Grindr sent a kind of press release, said we encourage people to participate in social distancing as recommended by local authorities. And as for Perry Street Software... Do you have plans to directly instruct your users, no, do not meet up? Um, Is that something we would consider doing? Yes, absolutely. And they did consider it. After we talked, they began the process of sending an app-wide message, specifically asking their users to limit connections to only online interactions and not meet in person. Now is the time to stay home, they say. 
Remember that being physically distanced from each other doesn't mean that we're alone. And Grindr also ended up sending a similar message. I mean, I think it's it's good that they're saying something about not meeting up in person. But I have to say, like, if your app is primarily used to meet up and to hook up, like, is just saying don't do it enough. Like, part of me is like, shouldn't they just, like, shut down the apps for a little bit? Right. Yeah, I... I think the thing is, though, that um, contrary to stereotype, queer dating apps can be actually they're they're about more than just hooking up. Um, There was a period of time in my life that I lived in Istanbul, Turkey. And when I was there, I really discovered how these apps for a lot of people can mean a lot more than just an opportunity for casual sex or dating. And really apps and at that time websites were really kind of the focal point of a kind of digital space that the queer community used to come together. I don't know. I think maybe this is an opportunity also to show that queer dating apps can be about more than just hooking up. And in fact, Todd and Eric told me that over half their users say that they're just looking to chat and they're not even really looking to meet up in the real world at all, pandemic or no pandemic. If people ask, are you used for, you know, purpose XYZ, our answer is typically yes. And, you know, I fully expect that... Scruff and Jacked and and queer apps more broadly are going to be used as a source of emotional support as much as anything else. In in the age of social distancing, are there any other options you think uh, you would suggest that your users consider? I think the idea of uh, scheduling dates in the future is a great one. It gives us something to look forward to, mm-hmm. and it'll you know we'll have a very full social calendar once the crisis has passed and people can go out again. I do like the idea of keeping something in mind down the road that you're looking forward to. That that feels very helpful to me right now. Totally. Um, and if you are looking for more explicit, get it explicit. <laughs> guidelines <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> for more explicit <laughs> guidelines on sex and hooking up right now uh, the New York City Department of Health released a really helpful cool sort of hip guideline sheet um, all about the the realities of sex during the COVID-19 outbreak oh I saw those it kind of reminded me of like a hip badass sex ed teacher I wish I had in school <laughs> yeah, but I did totally. not <laughs> yeah we'll link to it on the show page it's really inclusive It even advises you to, like, wipe down your keyboard after any hot sexting or video sharing. And it even covers rimming. Okay, bye, Jeremy. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kath, while we're on the topic of being maybe a little horny at home. Oh, God, Tobin, no. Where are we going with this? No. Stick with me. Stick with me. I'm just saying this is reminding me that if someone is looking for something they can enjoy on their own and that also maybe has a little steam to it, Cameron Esposito's new book is coming out. That's right. Uh, Cameron's new book is called Save Yourself. It's her memoir all about growing up, figuring out her gender and sexuality. And she sent us a little reading from her book for you all to enjoy. First I touched her face. I'd never understood where to put my hands when kissing men. I may have held the back of Nate's head when we kissed her. I might have touched Ian's arm. But when I began kissing Joe, I suddenly understood that no gesture makes more sense than resting your fingers under a person's ears, pressing your palms against their cheeks, and pulling them toward you. We were both small, but she was smaller. And she had to tilt her head 
up to kiss me. For a moment, everything was slow. Then shit got frantic. We kissed a feral, somewhere apart, therapy parents crying kiss. Joe whipped her t-shirt off over her head as I unbuttoned her jeans and mine, and soon we were naked and lying on top of the crustiest, itchiest motel bedspread. I'd seen parts of Joe, her shoulders, her breasts, and the tattoo on her left ankle, but not all of her altogether like that. For the next hour, for the next eight hours, I felt and looked at her. The men I had dated were muscular and slim-waisted with broad shoulders and an action figure's upside-down triangle shape. I'd compared myself against them and felt bad about myself. But Joe's body wasn't proportioned like theirs. She had strong learner's thighs and rounded shoulders. She was more petite all over than particularly small on the waist. Seeing her, I felt something new. I'd always thought my boyfriends loved me in spite of my body. I hadn't imagined that I was beautiful to them, that I turned them on. But here I was with this person and her body, which looked a lot like my body. And I was basically about to explode. It's not like I was healed overnight, but seeing Joe that way shifted the body dysmorphia I had been trapped within for so long. And that my heterosexual relationships were totally unequipped to bridge. It was the beginning of my understanding that you could be utterly attracted to and in love with the way a person looks without any thought of how it compares to the beauty standard that we're sold our whole lives. That was comedian Cameron Esposito. Her book, Save Yourself, is out now. All right, I think we have one last phone call to make. And that is to producer Zakia Gibbons. Zakia. Hey. How's it going? <sighs> wow, that sigh says it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've just been like sighing, you know, dancing on my own. Is I've been sighing on my own, which is even sadder. <laughs> oh, Zakia. No, 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 no. Let me, I, I'm being dramatic. There are worse things happening. But honestly, um, huh, social distancing is hard. Mm. <laughs> Especially as I would consider myself an extrovert. It took an unexpected toll on my mental health. Like, it really affected me more than I thought it would. I've been honestly pretty, um, pretty depressed. Hmm. Lonely isn't the word, but it feels like part of me is missing. Mm. Yeah. So, um, luckily, I do live with a roommate, uh, my friend Lauren, and we decided to do something fun just to, you know, shake things up, try to get back to normal life. But first, we had to get ready. Okay, Zakia, what do you mean you guys are getting ready to do something fun? Like, we're all under quarantine right now. What are you doing? This club is cat-friendly, people. Pop your pussycats. Okay. Okay, so we did not leave our apartments. We stayed our asses in Brooklyn because leaving our apartment would be very irresponsible. Right, Mm -hmm. true. However, we did go, quote-unquote, go to a club called Club Quarantine which is this really cool, really fun queer virtual dance party. It's um, held on Zoom, you know, the video conferencing website. You know, we use Zoom for our meetings. You know, Very Zoom. familiar, yes. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, they put up a code, like, right before the party starts at 9 o'clock, and then you sign in. Um, so, yeah, everyone is just partying in their own apartments. 
but together online. And and then like you you can see each other. Yeah. There's like, there's, oh my God, 118 participants. There's uh, a couple of people dancing with the backdrop of these sunflowers. You see all these other squares, Brady Bunch style, of a bunch of people just bopping wherever they're at. Oh my God, someone is wearing a sheet face mask. I wonder if people are in the chat room. It's like when you go outside to smoke and you just chat with random people, the chat room is get it going outside for some air. Oh my God, people are talking. Let's talk. Oh, someone's asking, where is everyone from? Someone says Earth. This is like AIM days. Brooklyn. What would I do in a real party? I could shake my ass. Yeah, you could. Okay, should I do it? Okay. Damn, y'all cute. Oh, Oh, it's like we're getting hit on at the club. Oh my God, Zakia, that sounds so fun. Oh, they're voguing. They're voguing. Okay. It was honestly... Some of the most fun I've had in a while. You know how I said that something felt like it was missing? Yeah. I felt like I, that part of me, was I got it back. And I've just been able to carry that glow with me. And I just feel like myself again. Yeah. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Oh, my God. I'm actually making a friend in this club right now. Hi from Sudbury. Best party I've been to in months. Oh, that's so sweet. Everyone should cheers to the camera at the same time. Yes! Someone says, ready? On one, we cheers. Three, two, one. Cheers! Oh, everyone's cheersing. And someone says, I'm going to cry in this bitch. <laughs> you going to go to another one? Oh, for sure. And I've been inspired to get back on my party throwing grind. And I think I'm going to be throwing a lot of virtual parties. So look out for my invites. Turn up. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Oh my God. Someone says they are saving our mental health. That is very true. This is like the most normal I've felt in a long time. (laughs) Someone said everyone make out. Go. Okay, so I said, when we're not all quarantined, we should have an IRL dance party. And one of the organizers said, we will, baby. Oh, I would love that. Oh, my God. Stay healthy. Iconic. This is iconic. This is. That's our show. Uh, We are still dreaming up ways that we can connect with you all. So make sure to join us at the Friends of Nancy Facebook group or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Nancy Podcast. Our staff includes Jeremy Bloom, Zakia Gibbons, and B.A. Parker. Susie Lechtenberg is our executive producer. I'm Kathy Tu. I'm Tobin Lowe. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. Stay healthy, stay isolated, folks. Is everybody leaving? Everyone is single. Ooh, this is the circle.